0: want to say good morning to all of you and talk about crazy things going on. What you didn't notice, if you're at home, is that they actually put three minutes on the visitation clock instead of just two minutes. So I'm saying, what is going on in this world? (laughs) It is a crazy world we live in, isn't it? To imagine that something so small we can't even see it is impacting our stock market, emptying out our supermarket, closing down our schools and so many other things, that I, I, the old pastor, would be here giving the message because someone knew that the new pastor would be spending this week doing a whole bunch of other things. What a coincidence! Or not. How many of you have heard the word god incidents"? You know, everyone's experienced a coincidence where just, you know, regular things kind of happen in such a fashion. Wow, that was interesting. But there have been times, have you experienced one of these? There have been times when you think, now wait a minute, that's not just a coincidence. The hand of God has been in whatever the circumstance in fact, I want to share with uh, one with you. I call this, this is not a coincidence. This is one of those God incidents. So uh, it was probably a half a dozen years ago when yet another one of our teenagers was tragically killed accidentally. You know, these things happen. In fact, they continue to happen. Everyone gets up in arms. And six years ago, I think it was, they uh, held a public meeting, a community meeting, people from the... City was there. People from the school was there. People from all around came and said, what can we do? We need to stop this. And in fact, the principal of the school where the student attended was particularly being criticized. What are you going to do? How are you going to stop this? Well, it's not something that one person, even a principal, one school or one entity can do. And at that meeting, one of my friends was there, Daryl Nuss. You might know him. He's been a part of our community for some time. He's been a part of the National Network of Youth Ministers as one of their key leaders for many years. By the way, the National Network of Youth Ministers is a wonderful organization that supports churches and youth ministers all over the nation, but it's headquartered right here in Carmel Mountain Ranch. So we're lucky to have many of their leaders serving with us. Anyway, he attended that community meeting. The room was crowded, a lot of people there, a lot of angry people there, what can we do? But he noticed something. I don't see any pastors here tonight. I think they held it on one of those nights when a lot of churches have midweek events going on. But he took note of that, and on the way home from the meeting, driving in his car, he had this thought appear to him, no pastors were there. This isn't right. Someone should do something. And then he, he felt this voice. Why don't you do something? Whoa, no, 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 not, not me. I am way too busy. I can't do that. And then he told me this story just a couple of weeks ago. And notice how specific it is. He said, I was at the red light at Martin, Coint and, Martin Coit and Espola Road, and I heard a voice. I almost turned around to look at, to see if someone was in the back seat. But I knew there was no one there. But this voice, I knew God was telling me, asking me this question. Would you be willing to make one phone call? Oh, there goes that God voice again. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll make one phone call. So the next morning... He called the principal just to say, "You know, last night you were really taking a lot of heat. I'm sorry about that. There, there, there are people around who care." And well, wouldn't you know? The principal said, "I tell you what. I'm almost on my lunch break. Why don't you come over right now? We'll talk." Okay. So to make a long story short, Daryl Nuss went to the principal's office. He said, you know, I know there are a lot of churches and pastors who would like to help in this. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, separation of church and state, we can't do that. Well, what if we just had one meeting? All right, we'll give it a try. Now, again, it's a long story. In fact, it's six years of cooperative effort between schools and principals and pastors where we've been putting on these meetings or calling these seminars what I wish my parents knew and what we could not do working separately. Schools over here and churches over there has come together in a marvelous way working as teamwork and it, many of you have attended these seminars and it's starting to make a difference. In fact, our school district has been looked upon as a model for how we can cooperatively do things that otherwise they don't seem to happen. Now, that little voice from the back seat of the car, that phone call at just the right time, that principal who was willing to listen, is that just a coincidence? I don't think so. I call it one of those God incidents where God wants to accomplish something and he just needs someone who'll listen and follow through. And so we're asking the question today as we start off our series on the book of Jonah and we're calling it Runaway. We're asking the question, you know, Jonah tried to run away from God. What would happen if we ran towards him? And I would like to uh, suggest, based on the last few months studying through the book of Jonah, that there's something you can do to experience these kind of God incidents. So get your pencil out and get ready, get your Bible out. Four things to tell yourself if you want to experience more God incidents. So four statements, four teachings, right from the four observations from the book of Jonah that are going to help us all be more receptive to what God is trying to do in our society. Yes, there are coincidences, but are you willing for some God incidents? All right, so here we go. By the way, do you have uh, the book of Jonah out? It's on page 1,441 in the Church Bible, but many of you are listening at home or watching on the video that we're producing, and so get your Bible out and turn to the table of contents. Everyone's heard something about the book of Jonah because it's, of the minor prophets, it's one of the most famous. Still hard to find in your Bible, and most people only know one part of the story, And there's so much more in the book of Jonah. In fact, I'm just gonna read through the first chapter. We'll stop and make a few comments. But uh, really, what I want you to walk away with today is this sense that God wants to use you. And if we could put four new thoughts in our head, it's just quite likely we would not only be experiencing a coincidence, but some of those God incidents, okay? Jonah, chapter one. By the way, I'm in the New International Version. The, some versions, are, they're translated differently, but I like how it starts off, chapter one, verse one, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. By the way, did you notice the word Lord is spelled with all capital letters? And you remember what that means? That means it's not really the word Lord in the Hebrew, it's that very special four-letter Hebrew name that is the personal name of God. It's so precious and so holy that no one ever says it. In fact, this Hebrew word, which has four consonants, no vowels, nobody even knows how to pronounce it. In the King James Version, you'll probably read Jehovah, maybe that's how. Other versions say Yahweh, maybe that's how. If you were in a synagogue today, and they were reading from here, when they came to that special word, they would say Edonai, the word for Lord. It's not really the word for, it's not really God's name, but they use that as a substitute word. So, it's interesting, as we start off, and I'll call attention to this again, that this personal name for God is all throughout this chapter. In fact, look for it as I read along. This is God coming, God's word coming to Jonah and saying, I have an assignment for you. Would you be willing to make a phone call? Well, I was a little more involved than that, but let's read. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Here it is go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And then look at the first word of verse 3. But. Jonah, go to Nineveh. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Nineveh is off to the east quite a ways. Tarshish is as far as you can go to the west, across the sea. He headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now, I thought as a pastor, I ought to say, We've all run away at some time or another. Maybe someone's listening today who is running away from the Lord. He wants you back. He's gone to extremes to win your heart and show his love and make that sacrifice for you. Turn back. But Jonah tried to flee. Verse 4, then... The Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid. You know, generally speaking, it's hard to scare a sailor. It's hard to make them fear. But they, even though they'd seen many storms before, they had never seen anything like this. This is not just a natural storm. This is some kind of supernatural thing happening. The sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. Now, they're not atheists. They're polytheists. They believe in pagan gods, maybe the God of here or the God of there or the provincial God who's over the land or maybe the God who made the animals or some such thing. They're, all, they're calling out to anyone who might be able to help. And then they start to throw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. This is getting bad. But Jonah, while all this is going on deck, but Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Well, the captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up. And call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Back on top of the ship now. Verse 7. The sailors said to each other, Come on, let's cast lots to find out who's responsible for this calamity. They could tell. Again, this is not just some natural event. Something's going on here. They cast lots, and the lot fell on. Coincidence... Jonah, or not coincidence, and so they asked him, who's responsible for making all this trouble for us? By the way, notice how specific these questions are. We need some help here, buddy. You're chosen. What's going on? Who's responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? <laughs> Interesting question to ask a prophet. A runaway prophet. Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? The children of Israel, the those who worship the one true God. Verse 8, he answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship Jehovah, Yahweh, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land like he's the God of all gods. Yeah, actually, he's the only God. And now they are really freaking out because they knew he was running away from Jehovah, Yahweh, because he had already told them so. And the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? By the way, that's a good question too. And if you're Jonah, what's the answer? Well, the answer is, look, I'm directly opposing God by trying to run away from him. And I guess I need to repent and go back. And instead of trying to run away from Nineveh, I, I, take me to Nineveh and that'll, everything will settle down. But of course, that's not what he said. You know, I wondered at first, when he first ran away, I, I've heard that Nineveh, the capital of the ancient Assyrian Empire, was particularly murderous and cruel. And I thought he didn't want to go there because he was afraid to die. Why would you go preach at to your enemies? They might kill you. And then they would put you on display because that's the kind of thing they did back then. I thought he was afraid to die. But wait a minute. Now that the soldiers say, what should we do to you? Instead of saying, well, send me to Nineveh and you'll be okay. He says, I would rather die than go to Nineveh. He's not afraid to die. He wants to die. Now, by the way, it's not for a couple more chapters till you find out what's really motivating him to run away. So you'll have to keep coming or keep listening to get the full story. So what is his answer? What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Verse 12, pick me up and throw me into the sea. It'll become calm. I know it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. You'll be okay, and you know what? I'll be dead. Good for me, because I don't want to go to Nineveh. Well, even though these crusty old sailors are not the most likely people to be lovers of God, they still are a whole lot more into God than Jonah is. In fact, they didn't, they didn't want to throw him over. Look at verse 13. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they couldn't, for the sea grew even wilder than before. And then they cried out to Jehovah, to Yahweh, to Edonai. They cried out to the one true God of the universe. Please, Lord, don't, don't let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. Well, he wasn't innocent. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. So then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. So Jonah's in the drink and the sailors, oh my word, look at them. Look at how they respond to God. God. Verse 16, at this the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows to him. So what happened? Well, verse 17 in our Bible is actually the first verse of the next chapter in the Hebrew Bible. So it's the only verse that most people know from the book of Jonah, but we're just going to save that till next time. It's the story about the great fish. But I want to stop here and ask us to just observe some things that are going on in this chapter and observe some things in your own life and be committed to, like, getting this fixed in your brain. If I want to see God at work, instead of running away, how about if I run to him? If you want to see more God incidents then tell yourself these four things. Number one, tell yourself, I should get up to par with God's word. You know, in our society, in many cases, the Bible has just been kind of pushed aside. Many believers are just, Ignoring the Bible. We need to get up to par with the Bible. And of course, I've chosen the word par because I want to give you three other words that start with the letters P, A, and R. Why do we need to get up to par with the Bible? Number one, because it is powerful. It is the power unto salvation. The word of God is the power that spoke the world into existence. The word of God will accomplish what God sets out to do, just like the rain makes things grow. The word of God came to Jonah. It's this powerful word. It's like, I think of, I think of that little Bible that I can hold in my hand. It's like a gallon of gasoline in a container. I mean, if you ever thought that that gallon of gasoline has enough power to push a heavy vehicle all the way from Poway to San Diego? That's a lot of power. But if you just leave it in the gas can, that's not enough. There's a difference between powerful and active because God's word is also Active. That means it's power in motion. In other words, if you keep God's Word closed up, it doesn't really do you any good. If you keep the gasoline in a can and don't put it in a vehicle, the car will go nowhere. But if you unleash that power and make it active, if you put it in a car, if you put it in a car, you can drive all the way to San Diego like this car. With, I think that's Pastor Dan Goodham in there. I didn't know he had a car like that. But you see the difference? And it's both true. The Word of God is powerful. And the Word of God is active. Let it be active in your life. And besides that, have we forgotten? Though it was written thousands of years ago, the Word of God is relevant. It's like that Google map that you depend on to tell you how to get from here to there, where to make turns in life. The Bible tells us how to get where God wants us to go. It shows us the map of life that he wants us to live. It is powerful. It is active. It is relevant. So tell yourself that. Because what God's doing in our world, if you want to be a part of the God incidents, you have to be up to par with his word. Now, um, at this point, is this where I'm given the homework assignment? Yes. Okay. So, you have a homework assignment. Again, there's so much in the book of Jonah, and especially the people who aren't here today. I want you to get started on this. So, I want you to Google Bible Project Jonah YouTube. There are videos on YouTube. actually, you can go to YouTube and just go and just search for Bible Project Jonah. The Bible Project has many different videos and lots of other resources, and uh, this little nine minute video will give you more understanding of what's in the Book of Jonah than ninety uh, percent of believers have even imagined. So you'll be way ahead of the curve. Spend nine minutes to watch this video. I've watched it two or three times. When you first click on it, there's this drawing that takes place, this diagram as someone talks, and then by the time you get to nine minutes, you have this entire page full of uh, information, kind of visual, graphically uh, displayed information to help you understand what's really going on in the book of Jonah. All right, so you got your homework assignment? And that will help you Get God's word powerfully and actively and relevantly into your life. Number two, tell yourself a second thing. Now, um, as I said, Jonah tried to run away. We often do too. And I think I know one of the reasons why. Because when we hear that voice, someone should do something, we think, oh, I am too busy. Are you too busy to make a phone call? See, we, we know inside, when God wants to use us, there's going to be a cost involved. It's going to cost you some time. Maybe some money. Maybe some inconvenience. Maybe some embarrassment. But I've learned something. You know... Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. So what did he do? He ran the opposite way. First of all, he paid a fare. He paid, you know, Tarshish is as far away as you can go. I don't think that was a cheap ticket. Couple thousand, whatever. What I'm saying is, well, let me give you one other example. I took the grandkids to Chuck E. Cheese And uh, my son gave me a wad of money because he said, you're going to need this. (laughs) It's not only the pizza isn't cheap, but you know what else? There's all those games there. And of course, they want to play the games. But you have to pay to play. And what I'm saying is, you realize that if you want to be a part of what God's doing, there are going to be some costs. But when I read the book of Jonah, I realize this. And get this in your head, would you? I'll either pay to play or pay more not to. Have you ever thought how much loss, how much it cost for Jonah to disobey? Sometimes we think, oh, you know, if you obey God, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you more if you don't. You're going to lose your, all that money you paid on the fare. You're going to lose some time. You're going to lose your luggage. You're almost going to lose your life. In fact, think they almost lost the whole ship. They did lose the cargo. All kinds of people are losing all kinds of things because one person is disobeying. It's costly to disobey. So why don't we just say, God, if you want me to do something, I'd rather do that than run away. It'll cost me more if I don't. You see what I'm saying? And let me give you just one personal example. Now, Jonah got a second chance. We're gonna read about that. That's chapter three. Sometimes you don't get a second chance. I was at the emergency room, visiting one of our families who had an emergency, and after reading the Bible and praying, and as I began to leave, I saw down the hallway at the other end of the emergency room, one of my pastor friends. He was there helping one of his families. There were a few people who gathered around him. I could see him from behind, I knew exactly who it was. And I I had that voice that said, you should go say something to him. Uh, I thought, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to bother him. I mean, he's doing his professional duty. He's helping some family get over whatever their problem is, you know. You should go talk to him. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go home as which is what I did. It was a couple days later when I heard the news. Pastor so-and-so's wife had just passed away. He wasn't there helping them. He was there because he was in crisis. And I could have been another pastor to him. You don't get that opportunity back. The only good thing about this story is I've used it many times to tell people. When you hear the voice, respond. Because yes, it's going to cost you something. You don't want to pay the cost of not obeying. All right, number three. You got that in your head? First of all, let's get up to speed with let's get up to par with God's word. Number 2, let's let's realize the cost of not obeying. Number 3. You know, you need to tell yourself something that might not be intuitive to you. You need to say I am and maybe underline I am someone's expert. On God. You know something about God that other people want to know. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm no expert, you say. I'm not like Pastor J.P. I'm not like the elders of the church. I'm just a, I'm just a newbie. No, no, no. You are someone's expert. These sailors are looking to Jonah desperately. What do you know? Where are you from? Who is your God? What's going on? And even if you're brand new to Christ, you know something that some people, other, other people want to know. Let them ask their questions. You might not know all the answers, but you know something. This might be your first time ever to be in church. Well, now you know what it's like to go to church. A lot of people don't. They haven't ever been. And you can share that you know more than you think you do. Of course we want to grow. Of course we want to know more about God's word. But in the meantime, share what you do know. Um, I... Uh, actually have another assignment for you. This is really just a uh, wonderful resource. Are you familiar on your computer? You can go to netBible.org. NetBible is a particular transla- translation. It's a new one. It's NET stands for two things. It stands for New English translation, but it also stands for the fact they translate it specifically to be available on the internet. And there are so many resources there. Now, you should be aware of it. Many of you are. It has so many uh, uh, dynamics to it that are absolutely free. So let me give you just a little tour. If you go to netbible.org, you'll see a screen like this if you're on your laptop. Let's zoom in a little bit. Well, on on the left side, you see whatever translation you choose. This happens to be N-E-T translation. On the other side, then, are a bunch of resources available. So, a bunch of notes. Now, now let's zoom in so we can actually see what's going on there. So, for example, in verse 1, if you click on that little footnote, you see it there by the word Nineveh, footnote number 4? Well, then, on the opposite side of the screen, it gives you information about the city of Nineveh and how big it was, its account capital, the Assyrian Empire, and so on. Just a ton of great information. It's a study note. Or, if you click over here, where it says Hebrew, it actually drops down the actual Hebrew words. Now you think, well, i that doesn't look like anything to me. But even so, again, if you were to click on the second word, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, then it opens up in the other window. It opens up the... It tells you, it shows you that four-letter word, and then it opens up another window with all kinds of information about that. This is just a great resource, and it's free. If you click on this button over here, where it says Constable's Notes, then it opens up a window with a whole bunch of comments and notes from Dr. Constable, who's a scholar that you could learn something from. Or click up where it says Library, and you have drop down all kinds of resources all available to you online now listen there's a good chance that you're going to be spending some time in isolation some of some of us are some of us are what are you going to do just play video games and watch dumb tv shows or are you going to invest in things that are easily available to you to help you become know more about god's word Put this resource in your arsenal. By the way, it's on your phone as well. I usually look at it on my phone. And those same notes are there. If you just touch on one of those little uh, notes, it comes the same information. You clip there and it says, Nineveh is the capital of ancient Assyria, so on and so forth. That's a great resource. Netbible.org. That's another one of your assignments. All right, quickly, finally, tell yourself something else. by the way, did you see the movie with Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers? The movie's called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. There's this other character in the movie who's not very likable. He's kind of angry and boisterous he's more likely to hit you than to like you and and in fact he's a he's a uh, article writer for a magazine and he's assigned to do mr rogers because no one else will let him do an interview because of the kind of interviews he writes so anyway as the story goes on uh, well it illustrates the point i want to make so write down this one number four i can engage the unlikely you know there are some people who think god's not going to be able to reach this guy he is too stubborn he is too mean i don't even want to talk to him there are some people in our mind that are not likely to respond to god like those sailors who would think sailors would listen to what you have to say about god oh but they were listening (laughs) Some of the most unlikely people are the ones that God's going to reach. In fact, he reached you at some point, and you weren't very likely, right? So get that in your head. Don't write anyone off because God hasn't written them off. And if you'll do these things, if you could get these in your head, if you could tell yourself, I need to get up to par with God's word. I uh, would rather pay the price to obey than the greater price to disobey. If you would be willing to consider yourself the person with the answers to someone who needs an expert. And if you would be willing to engage the unlikely, who knows? Who knows what could happen. But you might experience a God incidence. Because he wants to engage you. And the question: will you respond? Will you run away or will you run to him? That's the question that you need to answer. Just like Daryl Nuss was asking himself the question: do I have time to make one phone call? And he did. And he responded. In fact, the other day, when I talked to him he said, "You know, there's been about between four and five thousand parents have come to these meetings. It is making a difference. You can do that. Be watching for it. Be ready for it. Let's go there. Amen. Heavenly Father. I know there's a lot more in the book of Jonah. But I have enough for me right now to start making some changes. Help us, Lord, to really honor your word and incorporate it like we ought to. Help us, Lord, to listen to those, those words we hear from time to time, those whispers of the Spirit, those teachings from your word. And, and let us not be afraid of Stepping up and getting involved. Yeah, it might cost us something, but I don't want to pay the price of not getting involved. And Lord, lead us to the people that you are reaching. Give us the answers to share with them. And may we see what you're up to in this unprecedented time we live in.